Welcome to After Pulse, the extra podcast from the host of the Community Pulse. Let's hear what your hosts are talking about in this episode. So, I don't know about you all, but I know we say this every time, but that was a great episode. So, it's tradition now to say it. Um... But also, I just, I really, I got a lot out of this episode. Um, I've been a manager officially two and a half years now, but it was helpful to talk to other managers and see kind of how they're approaching things and what their path was. Um, And I just, I loved the direction that we went in with a bunch of the different questions and thought it was super helpful kind of look at behind the scenes and a lot of the stuff that you don't often hear managers talking about because we don't know if we can. (laughs) I think I think one of the interesting things too that came out of this is you know you shared a bit about your experience and obviously Ashley and Mo shared their experience. I shared a little bit about mine, and I think that there's this outside concept when people are looking in at management from the outside where they think like management is a universal, like oh it's management and they do things this way because that's the way management works. And I mean like we could see like all all of us had experience as DevRel managers in some capacity, however. Even organization to organization, there's a difference. Um, Not just management styles either, because we touched on that a little bit, but just there's no universality. It's kind of like the ultimate DevRel answer. How does DevRel management get done? Well, it depends. Yeah. I mean, I've been a manager before, but never a DevRel manager. I've kind of been an IC the last uh, 10 plus years of my career. But for the first, you know, at least more than that, I was a manager of team of IT pros and developers. And uh, I feel like a manager, there's manager skills, but then there's definitely DevRel stuff that doesn't get shared enough. And so it was really good to have Microsoft and IBM on the show, Ashley and Mo, uh, you know, and and hearing them basically kind of confirm what we, I think, also know that it's different being a manager in DevRel, especially when it comes to like measuring success. Like we're just all over the place on what is it, it that's important. And and then how does that align with the rest of the company? You know, like the, the, the things you do, even Mary, you talked about your company, your your team, there's a community wing, there's a uh, dev uh, customer success wing, and then there's like evangelism slash just DevRel, right? And there's, or there, and is there another one too that you have? No, so developer experience, community management, developer advocacy. And, yeah. and each one yeah. of those probably have slight changes, slight differences mm-hmm. in their mission and therefore their goals. Yeah. Uh, and they all like converge hopefully to like something that the company, you know, the org that you're all a part of is actually trying to accomplish. But when you talk to somebody who's really disjointed, you know, in the family tree, it's hard for them to understand why, why you even exist. What are you doing? Why are you here? So good to hear from them. I think part of it for me, we were talking a little bit about um, switching back to being an IAC after being in management, right. And whether or not that was attractive and whether or not that was something people were considering. And I think for me, one of the things that concerns me about moving back to an IC, even though that's very attractive some days with like, oh, I could focus on this one project and only have to worry about me and not have to do anything else. That sounds amazing. But then I'd have to be working under someone else's rules and goals and expectations and management. And like, do I have that right now when I report into my CTO? Yes, of course. But I have a fair amount of flexibility with 
what we do within the goals of the company as a whole. And because I'm the one who's setting that with help from other managers and other leads on my team and, and the input from the whole team, there's the, you know, that's, it's the trade-off, right? Like I get that flexibility. I get that ability to set the direction, but it comes with a lot more responsibilities than I think we, we think about on a day-to-day basis sometimes, there, but I don't know also, if I would trade that. Sorry. There's also a bit of a perception issue. Um, you know, I, when I left my position as head of DevRel at Mattermost and went back to, you know, working full-time at DevRelate, you know, a lot of people are like, well, are you willing to do IC stuff? It's like, yeah, I like doing IC stuff. It's like, but you were a manager. Like you're, why would you take this step back in your career? And it's like, I don't think it's quite like, you know, like, oh, I was CTO at a company and now I'm a frontline engineer. Like that's like a different, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. Um, this is like still staying in line with what I'm doing, just not managing the people doing it. And again, that's dependent on experience, but I think once you get like director or head of, or see something in your title, people are like, Oh, are you willing to take a step back? Will they even, can I pay this person? They probably cost so much money. Well, you just bring up another good point too, is like, we should not make any assumptions that going from a manager to an IC is a step back, especially in pay. We shouldn't. You're right. We shouldn't. But unfortunately, if the world worked on everything that should and shouldn't be, there'd be no need for a lot of things that we have to do. There's a fantastic article from Charity Majors uh, a couple years ago now um, called Engineering Management, the Pendulum or the Ladder. And it, it walks through kind of the pros and cons of moving into management, but then also what it looks like to move back and forth between the two and how that works and when it's an appropriate step and what you need to keep in mind if you want to make that that switch back and forth. And it's it's always interesting to me to look back at that article and go, okay, right, it's a sideways step. But in some cases, it's a different set of skills entirely. And we touched a little bit on that in the the full episode that, you know, when you move into management, there's things that someone could be an exceptional individual contributor and a, a leader for certain projects on the team and things like that. But moving into management might not be the right decision for them. And so I think it's it's always interesting to see, you know, how how companies approach this is our individual contributor path versus this is our manager path and whether they evaluate them in similar ways that give people that opportunity for growth, whether they're in the manager track or the IC track. I, I was listening to this in the background because I was mostly producing and I've been doing a lot of reading about the same topic because I hope I plan and I'm, I'm trying to move into management. So this was very educational to me. And I'm, one of the things that I read on LinkedIn, I think it was LinkedIn. I've read so much that I don't even remember where it is. I even posted the wrong link, but um, about how the stress of middle management, especially in a pandemic, um, where you're really trying to take care of the people under you, but you're the the people above you in terms of your own management is abstracted from the needs of the people who are below you to the point where they're wanting results and they wanting they're wanting things to to progress in a way, but don't understand the challenges that you're taking care of, and so it puts you in the middle of being very demanding, um, being have these demands put upon you from both sides. Uh, and how it can squish you in the middle. 
And so I thought that was something that was really, really interesting about what Ashley was saying about uh, all, all the ways that she has stress and the, her outlet has to be somewhere else um, instead of uh, having to necessarily be transparent about that. Um, and, the, and the other, oh, go Mary. No, I was just gonna say, I, that's something that I've been aware of and struggling with to a certain extent as well. Um, because it's, there's this perception of like, well, as a manager, I can't be open and honest with my team about the things that I'm struggling with and whether or not I've had a rough week and what the different things are that I'm dealing with. And I think to a certain extent, there is that level of, you know, I should be an umbrella over my team and protect them from things that are coming down. But also I don't want to be an umbrella to the extent where what I'm working on and the struggles that I'm facing are completely opaque to my team. Because if they are, and then something changes company-wide that significantly impacts my team, and I've known about it for a while, and I haven't had the opportunity or haven't taken the opportunity to prepare them for it, then that's a problem too. So there's that mm -hmm. fine line that there's days when, so with my team, because we're global, we like sign in, like say hello and good morning in the team channel every morning when people sign on, and we say good night when we leave not as a like clock in and clock out, but just we know who's online and what how people mm -hmm. are doing. Anyways, there's some days when I will sign out for the day and be very upfront with like, I got nothing done from my standup this morning that I intended to do because I got hit with a couple other fires throughout the day, but I'm still signing off because I need to sign off. I need to be done with the day, right? Yeah. And so by being, and I, I won't go into detail about what those fires are, obviously, but by being open and honest about the fact that there's things that, you know, shit hit the fan, stuff hit my plate, I couldn't help it. And I'm, I'm not going to work a 13, 14 hour day just to make up for the lost time because of the things that I had to deal with. Mm -hmm. And by my doing that, I give my team members permission to do that as well. So I'm not then putting them in a position where they go, well, Mary always finishes all of the work that's on her plate, even when days get rough and there's nothing that ever gets left undone. Like, no, that's ridiculous. And I well, that's that, that, that goes back to that hero concept. You don't want to, you know. Yes. I know that, you know, you see this all the time talked about in DevOps. The hero comes in and saves the day every time the outage happens. And it's like, that's a super toxic situation. Um, what that means is you're not fixing a problem. So yeah, you don't want to come off as like, oh, because, you know, Hey, well, I have been doing the, I, one of the things I hate is when I, I have to, t like, I've been doing DevRel for quite some time. And let me tell you that in my experience, you shouldn't be having a problem with this. It's like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. Um, like, <laughs> who cares? Different people have different issues with different things. And I thought one of the best things, one of the best things that Ashley said was, and that's why I have therapy. Like, that's super crucial. Um, she needs an outlet. And a lot of times, you know, it's different when you're an IC, you kind of, if you're on a bigger team, you have comrades, you can just be like, Hey, relate to me on this level. Cause we're on the same level. When you're in management, sometimes you're kind of on an Island. You're like, I need someone to talk to too. And having that someone to talk to completely outside of the whole situation is I imagine super beneficial. I will back that up 1000%. Um, I, see a therapist on a regular basis for personal stuff as well as work stuff. And then I did manager training or manager coaching one-on-one -on -one for a while with um, Jen Derry at Plucky. Um, and we'll post a link in the show notes, but it's, it was such a fantastic way to kind of show up to her and be like, hi, here's the weird random things that are going on with my team this week. And I can take some of that to my manager 
But there's also times when I don't want to take stuff to my manager right away because it feels kind of like I'm throwing my team members under the bus to a certain extent if I do that, right? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to tell on them, quote unquote, I don't want to get them in trouble. There's nothing serious that I need to report to anyone. But maybe it's a difficult situation that I don't know how to process and walk through and having that manager coach that I could go to and be like, hi, am I completely off base with thinking this direction? Or what should I do over here? Or how is this going? was so huge to get that third party perspective of like, nope, you're on the right track or eh, maybe you shouldn't be approaching it that way. Try again. <laughs> and I think the fact that that's your the approach you took and you have the ability to sort of ask those questions, like that's what makes a good manager a good manager. You're like you just recognize so, something you just said, like uh, I think I've been triggered twice now, like on the actual podcast and then just now is this, I have PTSD from other places that, managers do their best, right? They, they don't know. They just, they're not getting the training, um, but they don't quite have that <clears throat> thing that I feel makes a good manager, makes just like a fantastic manager. And a lot of it is that they think they're protecting you by keeping information from you. And so it turns into this gatekeeping and not very being very, very transparent. And I think some of the best managers are the ones who tell you how they're doing. Honestly, I'm struggling just like Ashley you know, sharing very like personal things, that is a good leader. Showing you the the human side is a good leader. Not being this heroic, like I can take it, don't worry about it type of mentality. That's not a good leader. Uh, and I think that's uh, another aspect of the the industry we live in and the culture that we've always strive for. Um, but again, that's that I want to acknowledge, like there are plenty of managers who are that way. Like they want to be the the shit umbrella because we tell them that's kind of what you're supposed to do, but they take it to just heroic lengths and that's not okay. That's not setting a good example. And that's what a manager is supposed to do. I, I wanted to talk about uh, that. Your, your example reminds me of this movie on Netflix called the Adam project with uh, Ryan Reynolds. And um, the, not, this is not a spoiler, but the dad dies and there's a kid and there's a mom and they, they said, you know, the, the mom's trying to be strong for the parent and, um, and, uh, and then, uh, then someone says to the mom, you know, the, the fallacy of like showing that you're, that this isn't affect you and you're being strong for the kid is that they believe you. Um, and so that they don't, it, if you don't show that it affects you, it, then it yeah. just doesn't really register to other people that it does affect you. And it becomes a learning behavior. Then we do it yeah. as adults. We're like, I can take this. You guys, fine. I got it. And no, we yeah. shouldn't be taking on all that stuff. And also the thing about management is that uh, they were talking about the two paths. Um, uh, like if, or some people think that the only way that they can progress is to be a manager. Um, sometimes in the manager position, the person above you was the person who was just trying to progress. And so upper management may not be a good guide or source of reason to a lower manager to help with some of that. And so that's something I'm also learning through this journey. And so um, I, I, I'm glad that uh, coaching, like you're mentioning outside of the company is something that is an option. And I think that that's something, something that people should be aware of. Right. And I, I think that that's kind of where we should leave. I think it's been a good after pause, but I, yeah, I think that one of the thing, one of the things that I think that we should also look into is there is, there is a, a generational disconnect into how management is viewed. Um, you know, there, there are people who are in companies who, yeah, they're getting close to retirement age, but they were taught, you know, 
carrot and stick behavior and things like that. And that's not, that's super toxic and not healthy. And the more we coach out of that culture, the more we build things outside of that culture, the better things will be. And I think that, you know, a lot of the resources that we saw in this episode, a lot of the management tips that we saw in this episode will really help people to uh, realize that there's different ways to do things and better ways to do things. Um, and with that, I think that's our after pulse. Um, take care of yourselves. And take care of each other out there, everybody. This has been another episode of After Pulse with Mary Thankful at Mary underscore Grace on Twitter. Jason Hand at Jason Hand on Twitter. PJ Haggerty at Asplenic on Twitter. SJ Morris at Sarah Jane Morris on Twitter. And Wesley Faulkner at Wesley83 on Twitter. Learn more at communitypulse.io or at community underscore pulse on Twitter. We'll see you next time.